Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jeff Pelletier. The purpose of our podcast is a simple question. Why is Israel important? Over the next many episodes, my partner Neil Johnson and I will seek to answer this question. There are just barely over 14 million descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the world today, and about five and a half million of them live in Israel. The rest are scattered across and among the nations. For the sake of our podcast, Israel is both a country and a people. So, Neil, there's a lot of issues going on in the current day uh, because they're on my mind, and I think there might be, you know, our listeners might be hearing about them, but they don't really know what's what's going on. Uh, one of those things is a, a recent uh, thing that came out with the EU, the European Union. There was a discovery of, of a policy statement that they created internally for them, for their government, uh, for the United, uh, for the European Union government, uh, that has to do with Israel. And I just want to read a portion from it, and and then you have a, a, a bit there that you want to read about Israel's response okay. to what this document says. And then let's have a discussion about it. Uh, here, folks, here's the, here's what the European Union. Uh, this is just a part of it. Okay. Our policy, the EU policy regarding the West Bank, that's part of that's part of Israel, has not changed. The EU is united in its commitment to achieving, here we go, a two-state solution with the state of Israel living side by side in peace, security and mutual recognition with an independent democratic, contiguous, sovereign and viable state of Palestine, okay? So that's the two-state solution. But then here comes the rub. Are you ready? With Jerusalem as the capital of both states, okay? Jerusalem is the capital of both states. So my first question is, how is that a two-state solution when it only has one capital, right? I mean, that's the obvious thing. But, Neil, uh, the Knesset... Uh, 27 members or so from the, that's a legislature in the Israeli, Israeli government responded to this type of an idea. What did they say? Okay, well, I will actually read it, yeah, Jeff. That's and good. Uh, th- these members of the Knesset uh, responded to that document yeah. that, by the way, does sound so nice and so it civil. It sounds wonderful until you get it? to the end, yeah, right? It, but doesn't it just sound so civil? How can you be against that? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds wonderful until you get to the realization that it won't be two states. It, 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 <laughs> it, it cannot be, especially if one party is not really interested in yeah, yeah. anything less. But yeah. nonetheless, uh, part of the response was, and this is a quote, Mm. this document completely ignores our people's, that's Israel, of Mm -hmm. course, this is Mm -hmm. the response, historical affinity to our homeland, completely ignores the political agreements 
Those are the agreements under the Oslo Accord that mm-hmm. were made for a two-state solution. Mm-hmm. And the status of the state of Israel mm-hmm. in Area C. Yep. That's, an, a that's part area. of the West Bank. That's, yep. that, that's yep. right. Yep. And seeks to establish the 1949 mm-hmm. borders. Mm-hmm. Again, that's yep. when Israel was attacked. Yep. Yep. As Israel's final status permanent borders so it's seeking to make facts on the ground this is will be final and this is it the complete disregard of the jewish community of the area incomplete disregard it says in other words this whole thing was supposed to be negotiated yeah right but the eu is spending billions and billions to undermine any form of israeli participation and just create facts on the ground that can't be disputed yeah so so again the point is really well made there that the intent was a negotiated arrangement number one but number two the eu is not negotiating anything they're seeking to impose onto israel what will happen. That's right. Israel and the PLO were supposed to negotiate the final outcome of two states. It sounded good in 1993, and lo and behold, here we are 30 years later, and it's back again, and and so on. But yeah, this document, uh, one of many documents, and one of many overt slippages of the tongue, if you will, by the powerful economic uh, union, the European Union, uh, trying to undermine the state of Israel because they do not matter. They want to undermine it, and they want right, and they want to impose their idea of what should "quote unquote" happen onto this situation. And I, I, I want to say it's well intended. I mean, in my heart, I want to say that, but it's, it's not. It can't be. I mean, if you look at the actions and look back to their intent based on those actions. It's not it, the the intent is not good. Right. The in, the intent is to actually uh, create a, a a country, another country called Palestine, clandestine, right, and take land from Israel to do that. To do the, more land from Israel, right? More actually. land from yeah. yeah. And they've given lots of land. And I'm hearkening back now to the to to Bill Clinton and. He had, uh, was it Sharon? He had uh, 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 Yitzhak Rabin and and Yasser Arafat. And and Rabin offered to give everything that that, uh, Arafat wanted. Right. And he turned it down. Right, right. They could have had a Palestinian state by now had they been able to agree. But you have to ask yourself such things like, for our audience... Boy, I wonder if God, if there is a God, and if there is, is he involved in Israel? Because there's no way, as you just said, I can offer to give you everything, and you say no. No. So there's a very famous... So what does that say about the true motive? Well, yes, and there's a very famous quip about God that says, uh, the Palestinians never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. (laughs) Right? And so you have to say, is that... In spite of Israel, in spite of the Jews, God making sure that his land, as he calls it, his people, Israel, will, in fact, be entrenched in that geographic region. And that's what the battle is about. And and folks, just to reiterate it, I know we we keep saying it, but you need to hear it because if you're not on board with this, you need to get understanding here that God gave the land from the river in Egypt to the Euphrates— which is in Iraq, by the way, from the river in Egypt to the Euphrates, 
as in, in perpetuity to Abraham and the Jews and his descendants forever. I'm just letting that sit there. Forever. So any negotiation, any attempt to try to create an I you know, I'm sure that the Palestinian people and I and I just say I'm gonna go out on a limb here that the Jews, the Israelis, would welcome those people into their country as residents and citizens if they would behave themselves and, and get a job and work they would welcome them with open arms. But if they're not gonna let terrorists in. They're just not going to. And so so there are, you know, it, it, it's problematic for the Israelis because they just can't seem to win. Yeah, I think it's important, too, sometimes when you think of terrorists and what is a terrorist. Uh, at least subconsciously, many people, perhaps in our audience, think a soldier mm-hmm. got killed mm-hmm. and we've named him a terrorist. Mm. But that's not what's happened. Mm. There is a recent act that just happened in Jerusalem, and there's many, many, many more acts throughout mm. uh, Israel's mm. history mm. where... Babies, mm. young children, mm. women were mm. targeted indiscriminately, firebombed, shot, all throats slit. I mean, just all manner of horrific acts. These are the terrorists. And by the way, Jeff, you may want to get to this at some point. Uh, the Palestinian Authority pays them a salary for that's, anybody. That's, that's my next. That's yeah. my next question. So I hear again another thing going on, and there's a dike. There's a dilemma here regarding our current administration and and what I'm about to talk about. Uh, But the PLO has an active plan in place to reward people or compensate them if they agree to take action, military action, against uh, Israel. What's What's that called? Well, the Palestinians call it their Martyrs Fund. Martyrs Fund. It's also known more on the street or colloquially as... Pay for slay. You kill us, you kill a Jew. That's not news. Big right, deal. Right. Uh, any surviving terrorist and or his family, and his family gets paid a salary that amounts to multiple hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars that the Palestinian Authority will pay that terrorist for one simple thing. Did you kill a Jew, not mm. a soldier, mm. not an armed combatant, mm. not a male, mm. not a man. Yeah, can be a woman, yeah. a child, yeah. a baby, yeah. an infant of any type. Yeah. And the more horrific, the better. Now Israel has a cont- a contrary view of that about how the money should be used. Well, today they do. Yeah. What is what what is their idea of how that money actually should be used if you kill a Jew? Well, recently. Just recently, mm. again, Benjamin Netanyahu, mm. who's probably familiar to a great mm-hmm. many people who would listen to mm-hmm. this, has been re-elected by the people of Israel yes, to the has. sixth term, wow. and his coalition government is yeah. made up of people who, quite frankly, have had enough. Mm-hmm. And his plan to counter this pay for slay, you pay kill slay. us, you get paid. Yes. No, we're going to withhold funds. We're going to redirect that money. And one of his what's labeled right-wing uh, uh, members of his coalition is a, yeah. is a gentleman named Bezalel Schmotrich. He is the head of finance, and he said, no more. 
no more. We're going to withhold payments to them for anything, and we're going to redirect that money to the victims, the victims. of the terrorist act. That's how we not, do it over here. Yeah, no, not to right? the terrorists. We reward, the, we, we, we compensate the victims of the crime, not the people who commit the crime. Right, it would be similar to somebody who yeah. said, I'm going to hold you up, Jeff, yeah. I'm going to yeah. shoot you, maim you, yeah. kill you, yeah. uh, whatever, for, yeah. for life. Yeah. And, uh, oh, by the way, the state will now pay me yeah. if I get caught. Yeah. Uh, millions of yeah. dollars over my lifetime, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or some some salary well, we, over my we, lifetime. We paid the victims of nine eleven, right? I right. mean, we paid them lots of money. I mean, pe- their families they got lo- compensated, right? But it's the for, re- the, yeah. for the fact that they were victims of a terrorist act, yeah, right. And so Israel wants to do that. So this is the sort of milieu that we are engaged in today with this restoration, this gula of this. God-given region mm-hmm. where God said, I'm going to give this mm-hmm. to my people. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing the uh, opposition. We're seeing the reality mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. spiritual mm-hmm. construct, the spiritual opposition yeah. forces coming into con- uh, uh, opposition to each other. And as you said, Jeff, our hope and our purpose is to try to tell Christians this didn't happen in a vacuum. No. This isn't a simple accident of history. So, God is restoring his people. So uh, and our, our facing opposition. Our, our government, our present government here yeah. in the U.S. as we speak, has a, a view of this matter. What, 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 is our, what is our present government's view of this rewarding the uh, perpetrator instead of the victim? Well, you know, there's a, a, also a famous adage called uh, plausible deniability. Uh-huh. I didn't actually say that, right? but the facts on the ground, as it were, speak yep. louder than words. Yep. And uh, over and over again, our present administration mm-hmm. uh, wants to reward one of the main culprits who is uh, very actively engaged in terrorism around the globe, Iran, with mm. giving them money, support, uh, and so on, uh, so that they can continue their uh, these types of things, this pay for slay. All of our so you're saying Iran has something to do with pay for slay? Iran has very much to do with oh, pay for slay. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, the, the Palestinian Authority is very much in alignment with, with Iran, Iran theologically. Iran, and who has stated complete, they want the destruction, total annihilation total of annihilation. Israel. It's yeah. a cancer on the earth, right, as they right. call it. Yeah, yeah. The EU, by the way, uh, they're also supporting the P, the PLO. But uh, Iran and the PLO, that those Arabs living in uh, Israel, mm-hmm. uh, they are very much supported and propped up by this Iranian rogue regime, which a great many other Muslim nations around about want nothing to do with and are actually quite afraid of them. And thus you've got this strange bedfellow of today of the old adage to the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. And so yeah. if you're an enemy of Iran, yeah. Israel, yeah. maybe you're our friend today. And that's what we're seeing also happening is this, this strange bedfellows of these strange Muslim countries coming into Israel's orbit. Why? Because you've got this pay for slay yeah. in the land yeah. being supported by well, Iran. We also have a, a really interesting recent event with the Trump administration uh uh, setting up uh, financial treaties with Arab states sure. and Israel, right. which now they have mutual best interests at heart, right? They, they both stand to win from right. these agreements, these financial agreements. Uh, so now that's another reason why these countries should be concerned with Iran 
hurting Israel because they have a vested interest in, in Israel now succeeding because they're doing business with them. Sure. There's all kinds of uh, uh, strange bedfellow-type yeah. behavior going yeah. on here where yeah. Trump came in and looked at this Oslo Accords, yeah. and he yeah. developed the Abraham Accords. Right, the Abraham. Known. How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? Curiosity Stream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. Of course, yeah. But now we're heading back to the original 1993 Oslo Accords. But we're reverting back. And we're reverting back, and now you have bloodshed, you have murders, wow. you have all kinds of problems. So as we What's look... What's the deal, man? Well, What's as, the deal? As we look as oh, Christians man. and people who believe in the writings of the Bible, wow. uh, we can see this happening. But more and more, Neil, more and more people, uh, Christians especially, look at Israel as not as a, as not a thing. Right. Like it doesn't really matter. Right. And, and our whole show... Right. Is Israel, why does the Middle East, why is the Middle East important? And we're, we're doing our best, folks, to help you understand. This has, it uh, could be impeding Jesus coming back. I mean, because man is intervening. Yeah. And preventing things that need to take place so that Jesus can return. And Jesus is like, I'm ready anytime you are. You know, and I'm, I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know, we could be impeding the progress of his return. Well, in some ways, maybe that's true. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I, I do know that, uh, as we pointed out, the promises, uh, very clearly promises pointed out to Abraham that his descendants yes. would inhabit that geographical yes. dot on the globe. Yes, His descendants. Now, uh, Abraham had many descendants. Mm, he did. But the promise he was, was repeated through <laughs> his line of Israel, the yeah, Jews. It was repeated right. to Isaac that's right. in uh, Genesis 26, I believe, yeah. and was repeated yeah. again yeah. to Jacob, the father of the 12, 12 sons, 12 tribes, it was. in Genesis 28. Yes. So it wasn't just any old buddy right. that he promised this to right. that were sons of no, Abraham. No, it's a specific people. It's a specific lineage yep. called Israel. Israel. Jacob was Jacob called Israel. Israel. Right. right. It's the people of Jacob. Right. And that's yes. what we're seeing today. We're seeing yes. both the promise yes. and the opposition. Yes. And as King David wrote in Psalm 2, why do the nations rage? Mm. And they rage against you, O Lord, mm. and your anointed, mm -hmm. your promise for the mm -hmm. people. The nations mm. are enraged. And that's what we see today with this EU intervention, UN intervention, U.S. intervention, all this stuff that wants to take away any authority from Israel and the people. There's a bunch of Christians in the United States that think because the temple was destroyed in A.D. 70, right, because that was so complete, that that was the end of it all right, right. there. Israel was destroyed. It's not, doesn't matter anymore, mm -hmm. right? right? But the prophecies say that it's going to come back. And it did. And it did. In, uh, in 1949, and it did. you can go there and see it. A it, person can go there and look right yes, at it, and right there at, it is. So it wasn't yeah. destroyed entirely. It wasn't. Nor were the people wiped out to yes. be unrecognizable. 14 million and counting. And counting. Right. And uh, the nations 
rage. Yeah. And so it really takes a lot of putting your head in the sand to say, I am against it. Yeah. I line up against Israel. Yeah. I line yeah. up against the Jewish yeah. people. Yeah. And to, what is actually happening is facts on the ground. Israel succeeding in spite of themselves. Yeah. Israel is a is a military power yep. in spite of themselves. Yep. Israel is an economic power in yep. spite of themselves, yep. an intellectual technological power yep. in spite of themselves. Yep. That can only be said, okay, I either have to be so thick as to say utter happenstance yeah. or God is with them. If you look at what Israel has accomplished and is accomplishing, accomplishing now and what will accomplish and the amazing things that have been done by people in the line of Jacob, in the world. Einstein was a Jew, okay? The amazing things that have been done. And and, and it from a people that are, you know, 14 million, do you know what the percentage of that is of the globe? It's nothing. But if you look at the accomplishments of Jewish people in the in the in the passage of time compared to their numbers as a percentage of the earth, they are very very relevant and very very key to the way the world is advancing, the way the world is unfolding. It's, it's amazing when you look at it. But I, I want to I bring up one more thing here about this, uh, uh, this movement that's, we're done with Israel. We're done with Israel. So the prophecy, right? The prophecy about Jesus' return. He comes back to the Mount of Olives, the very spot where he ascended, right? He comes back. And he rules in the temple for a thousand years, right? Okay, he does that, and there's no temple, Neil. There's yeah. no temple. Mm-hmm. So there, there is going to be another one, I guess. Well, right? There's going to be another temple at some point. And that's what's happening in, uh, today. Right. All the activities to directed toward that happening. And the, and the red heifer, which we talked about, yes, we is, is being raised. <laughs> and, and all of these things, and all of the implements of the, for the temple, they're all being created, okay, because the Jews are stirred up, and we're stirred up, and people are thinking about Israel more than ever. But this third temple, uh, people who say that Israel is done... You can't say Israel is done if the person you claim is your Messiah is coming back to that very spot and he's going to rule from a temple that does not exist. Right, and and it's a, it's crucial to point out that the New Testament is not at odds at all yeah. with the Old Testament. Yes. The Old Testament prom- promised and prophesied a future restoration. Yes. The New Testament, Jesus' disciples, apostles, specifically sat at his feet, as it were, and said, Are you at this time? Yeah. Is it going to happen now? Is it going to happen now? Are you at this time going to restore Restore. Israel? Yeah. At this time, are you going to restore? And what did the angel tell Mary when he visited her in Luke in the first chapter? He said, The Redeemer is coming of Israel who will restore and regenerate. Now, if that was true, then he had to be either a liar or a charlatan, a false angel, as it were. Right, What, he didn't know that, or maybe God (laughs) didn't tell him, I don't know, that the Romans were coming to destroy basically the buildings on top of the Temple Mount? Right, He didn't know that? Right. Maybe, maybe he didn't, but even so, he told her, this will happen. This will happen. And those are, for our listeners, New Testament references of a future restoration that we watch on TV every night. So the new the temple that needs to be built, Neil, 
and I want to have uh, this be our final discussion sure. for this for this uh, this show. What needs to happen for a new temple? I mean, what what the, I know they can build it. They have the means. They have the dimensions. They know it, Ezekiel's temple. They know exactly how you know what it's supposed to look like. But there's a problem getting it done, physically getting it done. What's the big deal? Well, right now, as we discussed, I think, at the beginning, it belongs to uh, the administration, to the Muslim authority, the waqf, it's called, the waqf. And, uh, You're talking about the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount, mm-hmm. and that's what it would take to restore it. So as, it's controlled by the, say it again? By It's, it's W-A-Q-F, waqf. The waqf. Right. And okay, and that's a Muslim authority. That's a Muslim administrative authority. Is it authority. a religious administrative authority? It is. Okay. But uh, they have the authority over that whole Temple that Mount. whole Temple Mount. And they arbitrarily decide what they're going to do with it. Now, you asked the question, though, what would need to happen? Well, yeah. we know there's a lot of problems. One, as people often say, is, uh, well, how do we get around this? Because there are... There are many mosques on the Temple Mount. Yeah. The, famous, the most famous, of course, is uh, the Al-Aqsa Mosque. There is the Dome of the Rock that wow. uh, is supposedly situated right over the very stone that Abraham went to uh, sacrifice, at least symbolically, Isaac on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the threshing floor somewhere mm-hmm. in that area mm-hmm. that King David mm-hmm. purchased, mm-hmm. one of three holy mm-hmm. places mm-hmm. in the Bible that says the Jews, although you own this land, yeah. you purchased it from the present inhabitants, backs yeah. on the ground. Uh, so a number of things would have to happen, and not just getting the temple ready, but what do we do with the politicalities of today's day, and how is that going to happen? And Jeff, you get to see it. I hope so. I want to see it. Well, it's going to be ugly, whatever happens. It's, it's not going to be a, a, a born-again experience so, where everybody becomes nice to each other. Uh, well, I was going to say, the, the, there's two ways it's going to happen. One is that the Muslims come to faith in, in Christ, in Jesus, Yeshua, Esau, for them, and they go, we need to give this back to you because, you know, this is, your, the, the Messiah is coming here, and we need, to, we need to get it ready. That's one way. Best, best, best scenario. That's the best scenario. The other, the other way is that there's going to be another war or battle of some sort where it's taken. Well, it sure seems to be there's some politicalities, and we've done shows on this before. We're Psalm uh, 83 and uh, Ezekiel also, who, who later prophesied about a fourth temple or, or some morphing of the third temple that's very, very strange. Uh, he also talked about a, go- a war called Gog and Magog in uh, 38 and 39 very specifically, and he named Iran prominently as the mm. confederation. Mm. So we know there has to be... Plenty of upheaval. So there is this Gog and Magog war that's in, it's in Revelation and it, it's in... Well, uh, Gog, Gog or Magog is, is, is mentioned more places in the Bible, but the war is mentioned in Ezekiel 38 and 39. 38 and 39, okay. So that war and the, na- the, the, uh, the uh, nations of the earth surround Israel... That's at another time, but right. they definitely do. Yeah. Okay, so so what's what's the war in Ezekiel? The war in Ezekiel is known as the War of Gog and Magog. Gog okay. from the land of Magog. And what Magog happens? From the land of Gog. Uh, well, they attempt to wipe out Israel, and God intervenes dramatically. Now, 
everything else after that is surmising as to does that make the temple happen? Does it happen before that? Does does the the rising of a Jewish temple force them or make them come against Israel? Does their defeat make it possible for Israel to build the temple? Uh, Stay tuned. We get to watch it. Nonetheless, it's going to be horrific. So ask yourself, folks, and we are going to wrap this up now because we're at the very end, but we're trying to give you this present-day outlook of what's going on based on what was prophesied. Okay? What was prophesied. And these prophecies have come to pass. We have no reason to think they're not going to come to pass because they have happened. So it's, you know, the track record is pretty good with the Lord. He, he's he been saying things are going to happen and they are happening. But here we are on the Temple Mount. Something has to happen for this next bit of prophecy to occur and for Jesus to return. And the question is, you know, if if the Gog and Magog answer is int- you know is is the answer, and you should, what was the chapters again, Neil? Uh, Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine 39. talk about the war. Okay, so you can go there, folks, and, and read it and look it up, uh, and and it's a proof. It's a proof text that that you know that's maybe that's how it's going to happen that they get the Temple Mount back. You know, it it it, it could very well be that, but it's something it's something to think about. But here's the point. Why does the EU care so much about this little dot, this postage stamp, this neighborhood? If Israel's not important, what's the big deal? What the, why the effort to cause, you know, what is the point of all of this angst and writing and millions of dollars to the Palestinians and the PL? What's the point? Of the EU, which is a multi-trillion-dollar entity, why do they give a rip? Something. There's a reason. It matters. It's important. Never forget that. This has been a great discussion for this episode of Israel. Why is the Middle East important? I look forward to how this continues to unfold. As you can tell, Neil and I enjoy talking about the subject as it helps us to get to the root of the matter about God and why Israel and the Middle East are so important. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at our home at Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East important? That's Spreaker.com. Israel, why is the Middle East important? And you can find us on Facebook using that same title. And you can email us at... Why is the Middle East important at gmail.com? That's why is the Middle East important at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. If you like what you hear, please invite your friends to the conversation. One thing Neil and I always say to each other is, I don't know. Because the only way we know is to not know. Once you have it all figured out, you stop learning. And that state of mind is what helps us to learn and grow. We invite you into that journey with us. From Neil Johnson and me, Jeff Pelletier, Shalom, and see you next time.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.